You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in on a Friday edition of the podcast. I hope you guys are all doing well. A lot to get to here on Locked On Cougars today. Need to take a look back at BYU and their loss to number one Gonzaga last night. What did we learn from BYU's efforts in that game? We'll also talk about Eric Mateos leaving reportedly for Baylor to coach the offensive line there. What does BYU or who does BYU target to replace him in Provo? We'll take an early look at that. And of course, we'll catch you up on everything else going on with the Cougars women's hoops in action, etc. So a lot to get to on a Friday. It's all brought to you today by our good friends at betonline.ag as well as Squire and Company. We'll tell about both of those companies here a little bit later on in today's podcast. All right, there you go. That's the rundown, the roadmap of where we're going today. Without further ado, let's get into it here. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast for January 8th, 2021. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to join us on your daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you guys. Make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening in from so that way you never miss an episode of this show. Let's start things off today with BYU men's basketball. They were on the road in Spokane last night at the Kennel, taking on number one ranked Gonzaga and folks I think everything you saw in that game last night proves what I have been talking about Gonzaga being my favorite to win the national title this year Gonzaga now 11-0 2-0 West Coast Conference play after beating BYU 86-69 Cougars fall to 9-3 on the season they lose their West Coast Conference opener they're 0-1 in conference play and when you fall behind, what was it? It was 30 to 10 at one point. Was it 21 to 2? It was ugly. Ugly, 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 ugly in the first five minutes of that contest. Everything that could go wrong, the worst start you could think of for BYU happened in the first five minutes of that game. And if you were to take that first five minutes, take them away, BYU actually competed fairly well from there on out. Obviously, that probably has a part of it to to do with Gonzaga saying, okay, these guys are nothing. We got this. And they probably eased up a little bit. But regardless, this was a learning experience for this BYU football program. They saw the best team in college basketball right now for my money up close and personal and got absolutely obliterated by them right from the get-go. Uh, Corey Kispert led the Bulldogs on 9-16 shooting with 23 points. Jalen Suggs, the presumptive top five NBA draft pick, was their second leading scorer in this game with 16 points. And then Drew Timmy rounded out uh, the starting lineup in terms of scoring with 12 points of his own. This was a comprehensive beatdown for BYU in this game. And I don't think there's much shame in that either, though. That's the funny thing about it is BYU competed and they learned a lot, I think, from this game. I think this is going to be one of those games they look back on. Whether they get to face off against Gonzaga one more time in the Marriott Center or if some of the rumors out there are true, they get a third time, a third crack at the Bulldogs. 
I don't expect BYU to win either the next contest or the next two contests against Gonzaga. They're just that good. And I think it's going to be almost have to be a perfect, perfect uh, storm for a team like BYU to have any hope of upsetting a team of this caliber. I was actually impressed in this game with two guys in particular. I think they're easy ones to pick out from BYU. And they are Gideon George and Caleb Lohner. I thought those two came off the bench and really played well and stood toe-to-toe with some of the best players in college basketball and did not look intimidated despite this being their first year in the FBS, the Division I ranks, playing basketball. Lohner uh, tied for the team high with 13 points on 5 of 7 shooting. He was 1 of 2 from 3-point land, added 5 rebounds. Gideon George, he was 5 of 10 from the field, had 11 points in his own right as well as 5 rebounds and I'll tell you what, those two players Gideon George early on the season looked very much like a guy who could crack the starting rotation and really become a difference maker for BYU and then suddenly kind of things fell off for him and obviously uh, it's good to see him kind of bounce back in a game like this. He made up for guys like Connor Harding having a really off night and I'm not sure what's up with Connor. I I worry uh, something might not be uh, healthy for him. I know that he missed a game earlier this season due to some knee issues and I'm hoping that last year he wore a knee brace to protect some ligament damage from his high school playing days and I wonder if something's acting up there. I'm not going to speculate on that and try and say well I know that this is happening but something's up with him. He only played 17 minutes in this game, only took two shots, missed both of them. Uh, just an, a struggle for him in this game. Matt Harms had his moments, went five of six from the field, tied Loner for the team high with 13 points. Richard Johnson, Richard Harward, not Richard Johnson, Richard Harward had 12 points of his own, but this was very much a learning experience for BYU in this game. One other note is that Wyatt Lowell, uh, sincerely hoping for the best for this young man. The early reports of what I've heard his, it looks like he was grabbing the back of his ankle, so many people wondered okay, is that an Achilles? Is it an ankle injury? What I have been told by people down there in Provo is that he is likely out for the season based on the damage that was done uh, in that injury. I haven't been given a specific injury of what happened, but all indications are that his season is over, and that's unfortunate because we're talking about Wyatt Lowell who came back he's just coming back off of labrum surgery that knocked him out for most of the offseason a lot of people wondered if he'd even be ready until this time of year and he was just finally starting to think to get into a groove where okay i'm starting to play more consistently i'm gonna have an opportunity here as it stands he played three minutes and now it appears that his season is over before it really got going I've been a big fan of Wyatt Lowell's. I thought he was going to be a guy who could be an absolute difference maker for BYU, a six foot ten swingman, has the ability to shoot from the outside, but also play on the interior. And now BYU is going to be down him, and that's unfortunate considering they already lost Gavin Baxter earlier this year to an ACL injury. To lose two of your front court players is never a good recipe, especially a team like BYU who is counting on that interior presence being a difference maker for them this year. So, just a lot of different things that went wrong in that game for BYU, but I do think they will learn from it. I think they will be better for the experience of having faced off against Gonzaga to the level that they have uh, played them. And 
I'll tell you what, folks. Gonzaga is a team that's going to bring a lot of attention to the West Coast Conference. It was great to see BYU on ESPN last night. I don't think anybody's going to disagree with that. To see them in prime time on ESPN, the West Coast Conference getting front and center attention because of Gonzaga's rising star, their bright star that they kind of operate under in the West Coast Conference. It's something that BYU can benefit from. So the hope is now that BYU can get their uh, things figured out. They can rest up here, regroup, and get ready for St. Mary's next Thursday. I am hopeful of little to no disruptions going forward for BYU with regards to COVID-19, but that's probably a foolish dream of mine to think that they will not be affected by COVID down the stretch here. They already had three games postponed in West Coast Conference play. Technically, their first three opponents in West Coast Conference play all had to postpone due to COVID concerns or protocols within their program. So there is a lot to keep an eye on, but I think BYU will be better for having had this experience taking on the number one team in the country. And hey, if they get back to the Marriott Center, I believe it's currently scheduled as the regular season finale for BYU and Gonzaga in Provo. BYU's done crazier things uh, last year, obviously beating Gonzaga there at the Marriott Center. But it really it's going to take almost a perfect, perfect game for BYU to beat Gonzaga. They they are just that good. Speaking of the Bulldogs and you got to tip your cap to Mark Few. He has done an absolutely marvelous job just keeping this program rolling, recruiting, bringing in transfers. Just he does things the right way. And he's actually one of the good guys in the sport. I know there are a lot of coaches out there who seem like just guys you don't want to associate with. Mark Few, on the other hand, he's absolutely a guy I think you want to associate with. I think he does things the right way. He gets the job done, and it's cool to see him build that program. I know that it sucks for BYU fans. Let's be clear about that because you're trying to catch them. You've never been able to, and it seems like that that chasm between these two programs only is getting wider and wider. But nonetheless, you hope at some point BYU may be able to chase them down. But it appears that so long as Mark Few is the head coach there in Spokane, going to be kind of slim pickings for BYU with regards to West Coast Conference supremacy in my mind. All right, coming up here in just a moment, BYU now looking for an offensive line coach reportedly. We'll talk about that. Some of the early names I've heard that BYU could be targeting for that position. We'll break into that here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part though by our good friends at betonline.ag folks. If you like to bet, sports betting is becoming more and more in vogue around the country. There's one place to do it and that's with betonline. You can go to betonline.ag AG and bet on NFL playoff games this weekend, the wild card weekend, the national championship in college football on Monday, NBA games nightly, college basketball games nightly. They've got prop bets in sports as well as pop culture. Whatever you're looking to wager on, betonline.ag has got it for you guys. So waste no more time. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Go to betonline.ag, sign up for your free account, and when you make your first deposit, you can use the promo code locked on and get a 50% welcome bonus. Free money. From betonline.ag to thank you for signing up with them. So, once again, go to betonline.ag, use the promo code locked on, and get that 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit at betonline.ag. That's our good friends at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Well, if you believe the reports, and I am one of those who has reported this, and it's only a formality at this point, but Eric Mateos, BYU's offensive line coach, is headed to Waco to join Jeff Grimes and the Baylor Bears as their.
their new offensive line coach. We talked yesterday about the situation that Ryan Pugh found himself in an unsavory photo found on the internet and obviously in this day and age stuff like that's going to cost you opportunities and apparently is bit Ryan Pugh. But now Eric Mateos reportedly headed to Baylor to take over as the offensive line coach down there and BYU will have another assistant coaching position open after the departure of Jeff Grimes. The way I see it right now, BYU, I think for all intents and purposes, is going to hire uh, Kevin Clune as a defensive assistant to take the spot that Jeff Grimes opened up originally, and now they'll have to look for an offensive line coach. Many of you reached out to me yesterday asking, okay, Jake, who could BYU be targeting? Well, I think there's a number of names out there, and the, the nice part is, let me get this out of the way first here. The nice part is, is BYU, with the stellar season they just enjoyed, going 11-1, and a potential top 10 final ranking in the AP poll, etc. There, there's so much good going on with BYU football right now is that the candidate pool for the offensive line coach at BYU actually might be deeper right now than it has been in previous seasons. If you were to go back to last year when BYU was 7-6, and six, okay, offensive line coach position might be a little tougher sell for certain people, but when BYU's offensive line was a whether they a semifinalist or a finalist for the Joe Moore Award, which is a award that goes to the entire offensive line. You have a consensus All-American left tackle in Brady Christensen. Uh, two more potential NFL draft picks along that offensive line, it appears. A guy like James Empey coming back for a senior year, based on what I have been reporting and hearing. There's a lot to like about BYU's offensive line coaching position. So Aaron Roderick, the new offensive coordinator, and Kalani Sitake, I think they'll actually have no shortage of candidates for this job. And they actually can go out and maybe target some bigger names, guys that they thought might be out of the question for them previously, and sell them on what the potential of this position is for BYU. Does that mean they're going to get the biggest, baddest offensive line coach out there? No, because BYU doesn't pay market rate, and that's a discussion for another day, because you guys have probably heard me rant on this podcast, if you've been listening to it for long enough, about the fact that I think BYU needs to stop being cheap and actually start start paying market rates for coaches, but that's neither here nor there currently. But BYU, I think, will have opportunities with multiple people looking for positions uh, or looking for a position with the Cougars, especially if they have an offensive line background. Now, names that I have heard that could be in the mix for this. One name here in the state of Utah in particular is Brent Myers, the offensive line coach as well as assistant head coach up at Weber State. Uh, He has a long career, I think 30 plus years. Brent's a little bit older of a gentleman, a lot of experience. Though He's worked at Louisville, has worked at UNLV, uh, I believe also Arizona State for a time. He actually was Urban Meyer's offensive line coach during Urban's brief tenure at the University of Utah. He's been at Weber State for the past little bit now, working alongside Jay Hill, but if you want a guy who is uber experienced and has worked with offensive lines around the country... Brett Myers is absolutely a guy to keep an eye on. And the one thing I would keep an eye on with regards to this search is I'm, I'm wondering how BYU is going to balance bringing in a recruiter versus a guy who's got the experience to keep this offensive line's development rolling. Because the nice part was with Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateos at BYU is you essentially had two offensive line coaches working. Of course, Grimes held the offensive coordinator title. He was working with more than just the offensive line. But as he told DJ and PK on the Zone Sports Network, network earlier this week the offensive line is his baby and he always pays attention to it so essentially BYU had two offensive line coaches and they could afford to have a young maybe less experienced 
position coach who is a good recruiter. That's exactly what Eric Mateos was. He's a fantastic recruiter. Actually, one of the best on BYU staff. They could afford to have him have less experience and be a better recruiter because Jeff Grimes is there as the quote-unquote backstop to really help with the experience factor. So, at this point, I think if you're looking forward for BYU, experience probably comes in at a higher premium for the Cougars with this offensive line hire. So a guy like Brent Myers absolutely could be in the mix. If you want some young guys out there who could be in the mix, well, look no further than former BYU offensive lineman uh, Famika Anai and or Tijon Karoma. Famika Anai has been coaching around college football and also was a GA for a time at BYU after his playing days were cut short due to injury. He's, of course, the son of former BYU offensive lineman and offensive coordinator Robert Anai. He worked for a time at Incarnate Word, I believe, and he's been working at Texas A&M, uh, what's it, Commerce? No, not Commerce, Kingsville. Texas A&M Kingsville, I think, is where he's been working. He's got he's got a lot of experience, but he's, only, he's very young relatively in the business. So I look at uh, what's going on for the Cougars, and I think that a guy like Famika Anai, if you want the young, exuberant, guy who can go out and recruit is going to light a fire under these guys well Anaya might be your guy as well as Tijon Chroma who I just mentioned he's actually working currently at the University of Tulsa and Chroma is a player development coach he's working with their strength staff and Tijon is a freak athletically let's be clear about this what he did at BYU a four-year starter on the offensive line at center just an absolutely stellar stellar athlete and has a lot of experience does he want to coach on the X's and O's side of things I don't know but obviously with the connection to BYU that he has he'd probably be a guy that you call and let's be clear, these three names I've mentioned, Brent Myers, Famika Anai, and Tijon Karoma, are probably just a drop in the bucket of multiple athletes, coaches out there that BYU could target for this position. If you really wanted to throw it back and give Mike Empey a third bite at the cherry as the offensive line coach at BYU, you even could look at that. But I think that Mike Empey, in my mind, has probably moved on, decided his coaching days are firmly behind him at this point. But I, the lure of coaching his son for one one more season obviously could be a pull if BYU needs to find somebody. MP's got plenty of experience. I, I can tell you that much. I know Mike well. He's got a lot of experience, but man, it'd be tough to try and sell him on passing on other professional opportunities outside of football to come back and coach for an undetermined amount of time at BYU. I think the Cougars offensive staff is in a much different position than when he was let go as part of the Ty Detmer overhaul in 2017 but nonetheless there is going to be options on the table for BYU to to replace Eric Mateos and let's be clear about one other thing we saw Ryan Pugh get hired and then essentially let go from a position within what a 24 not even a 24 hour span at Baylor Due to some extenuating circumstances, I'm, I understand that, but crazy things happen, and it'd be cool to keep Eric Mateos in Provo, but everything I am hearing is he is headed to Waco, and barring some something completely unforeseen, he will be the new offensive line coach in Waco for the Baylor Bears, and I just wanted to express my congratulations to him. He did a great job with BYU during his run here, was a great recruiter, a great representative of the university. I think he understands a lot more about BYU, the culture that's here in this program the culture in utah in general and i think that he has been uh, a good 
addition to the BYU staff, and hopefully he can uh, find success down there at Baylor. I think that he has the track record now, and I think it's kind of been his dream to get back to the Power Five. So I think that this is going to be an interesting time for Kalani Sitake, but let me express one other thing before we move on to some other topics here, is that I have got the utmost faith in Kalani Sitake. He is a good evaluator of talent and coaching. He understands what he's looking for on his staff. When coaches have not been thrust upon him, and let's be clear, the Ty Detmer deal, I don't know how many people have, how many people out there don't know this at this point, Ty Detmer was not Kalani Sitake's hired offensive coordinator. It was a thing that, hey, uh, you're going to be the head coach here, but we've got your offensive coordinator here in Ty, so make it work, and it didn't work. Let's be clear about that. When Kalani's been left to make his own hires, he's done a good job. He hired Jeff Grimes. He brought in Eric Mateos. He signs off on all of these hires, and let's be let's look at it. It's actually been a very good track record so far. So I've got the utmost faith that Kalani Sitake in addition to Aaron Roderick, I'm sure Fessy Sitake will have his input as well. They will find the right guy to fill that offensive line coaching position and the hope is that the continuity that has been built along that offensive line rolls on here and I do think that experience is going to play a large role in this hire because you need to have somebody there who's got the experience to know, okay we got to keep a firm hand on this group while also developing the talent around it and as well as the in the younger ranks the backups as well there's a lot to go on with an offensive line coach because they have to be responsible for five different positions whereas let's say a quarterback's coach you got one position running back's coach you maybe got two at most wide receivers three or four okay five in very rare circumstances offensive line every single play has five guys he is responsible for their offensive line coach so going to be very, very interesting to see how things go for the Cougars, but I do have faith that Kalani Sitake will make a good hire here, and and he will make sure that the guys are in place and they're set up to have success, if at all possible, moving forward here. All right, we will catch up on some of the news and notes involving BYU athletics here in just a moment. Women's Hoops was in action last night at Loyola Marymount. We'll break that down for you here in just a moment. There's plenty still to get to on today's podcast. Today's show, though, is brought to you by our good friends at Squire & Company. Company, a brand new sponsor with us here on the podcast, and we love having them on board. What I love about Squire and Company is it's a local company with a national reach. They're one of the largest Utah-based CPA firms. They serve clients around the state of Utah as well as throughout the United States. It was founded. The company was founded on the principle of earning the trust of clients and helping them meet their financial goals. They have seven client main industries that they serve: construction and real estate, technology and cloud services, manufacturing and distribution and government and nonprofit. If your company or whatever you're doing fits with inside of those, well, Squire and Company might be the place for you guys to check out if you need their services. They have two offices, one in Orem and one in downtown Salt Lake City. I guarantee anybody who's been to Lavelle Edwards Stadium has passed by Squire and Company's headquarters. It's actually perched right there at the top of the hill of University Parkway in Orem as you head down the hill towards Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I think it's uh, Squire Business Park is the sign on it now. They're right there. Ray Chipman has been our liaison with uh, Squire and Company since I met him in the airport going down to the Boca Raton Bowl. And if you need CPA services, no matter what it is 
Squire and Company can handle it for you guys. And like I said, they have the offices in Orem and downtown Salt Lake City. They can get the job done for you guys. If you're interested, look them up on the internet at www.squire.com or you can email Ray directly. That's Raymond C at squire.com. He'd be happy to help you get with the right people to help you have success. Or if you'd like to call him, you can do that as well. Call him at 801-477-4950. That's 801-477-4950. I can tell you this much. I've got a family connection to Squire and Company. They are fantastic. They do things the right way. So if you need CPA firm services, no matter what it is, they are a Forbes best tax and accounting firms in the United States graded company. They do things the right way. So trust them. Trust Ray and his compatriots at Squire and Company. Email him once again, Raymond C at Squire.com. Check them out online at Squire.com or give them a call 801-477-4950. All right, guys, a couple of things to catch you up on before we go here on this Friday edition of the show. Let's run down the schedule for this weekend, by the way. And you're going to actually have a couple different sports in action. The men's and women's swimming and diving programs for BYU are facing off against their rival Utah tonight as well as tomorrow. If you'd like to see them in action, there's links on BYUcougars.com to track the stats, etc. from those meets. But always fun to see the Cougars and the Utes facing off against one another. In addition to that, the women's gymnastics program Guard Young's program will begin their season tomorrow at the Rio Tinto Best of Utah event, and that'll feature nationally ranked uh, Utah, Utah, Utah State, Southern Utah, and BYU in a quad meet out there at the was it still the Maverick Center? I believe it used to be the old E Center in West Valley, but nonetheless, should be fun to see Guard Young's program finally in action for the first time. That'll be at seven o'clock Mountain Time at the Maverick Center. BYU TV will be uh, televising the meet and the Maverick Center will have 1,700 fans allowed into the arena with COVID-19 guidelines and protocols in place, etc. But best of luck to Guard Young and his program as they get their season going. Some All-American honors to run down for you guys is congratulations to Brady Christensen as well as Jake Oldroyd. They are both named to the 131st edition of the Walter Camp All-America teams. Uh, Christensen was a first-team honoree. Oldroyd was a second-team honoree and uh, tough to see Oldroyd lose out on the Lou Groza Award, but the nice part is he's only a sophomore, so I guarantee he will be in the mix for that award in future seasons, but tough to see him lose out on that last night. Cool to see both of them on those All-American Awards because, like I said, the Walter Camp uh, All-American Award, it's one of the oldest and most respected All-American lists out there, and Brady Christensen, a first-team All-American on that list, that's that's big time. So congratulations to Brady Christensen on that honor, and five other other Cougars were named to Phil Steele's All-American list, included alongside Brady Christensen and Jake Oldroyd were Dax Milne, Zach Wilson, and Tyler Algier. All of them completely worthy and deserving of those shout-outs. They also all made the all-independent team that Phil Steele put out, along with a bevy of their other teammates, Isaac Rex, James Empey, Kyrus Tong, Isaiah Kafusi, Chris Wilcox, Ryan Rico, Caleb Christensen, Lopini Katoa, Clark Barrington, Chandon Herring, Neil 
Pau, Zach Daw, Peyton Wilgar, Max Tooley, Keenan Peely, Trey Warner, Zane Anderson, and Britton Hogan. Oh, yes, and a partridge in a pear tree. All right, that's going to do it for this Friday edition of the show. I love using that partridge in a pear tree bit. You guys have probably heard it too many times on this podcast, but you know what? I have fun with it all the same. That's going to do it for today. A big thank you once again for you guys' support of the podcast. It has been an absolute pleasure to be with you guys each and every day talking BYU sports. I hope you guys have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday with another full edition of the show, recapping whatever happens in BYU sports this weekend, as well as we're going to start breaking into what I like to call our uh, postseason look back on the season. What I mean, we'll go position by position, look at the players who stood out in each position group, the guys that are moving on, the projected guys coming back, how we think they're going to do. It's kind of a fun exercise to both look back as well as look forward for BYU. We'll start doing that next week. Have some fun with that. And of course, have everything else tracked for you when it comes to BYU football, BYU basketball. Maybe there's an offensive line coach hire made in the meantime over the weekend. There is plenty to talk about on this podcast. So make sure you join us each and every day. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Search out Locked On Cougars. Make sure to email the show if you have any questions or anything otherwise you'd like to reach out about. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address to do that. All right, that's going to do it for a Friday edition of the show. Once again, have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for January 8th, 2021. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you guys Monday. Monday.